My name is Mohsen Alatar. I'm an associate professor in the School of Law at the University of Warwick, and this is my podcast on postgraduate studies. Welcome back, everyone. This is the third part in our undergraduate studies uh, workshop series, and today I'm going to focus primarily on writing. Now, there's one thing that we can say about lawyers is that they are efficient. They are efficient communicators. This efficiency plays out in both the oral form, rhetorical skills, but also in the written form, so drafting skills. Now, law students, one point that I always make to you is that you should pursue a similar type of efficiency in your own writing. Now, how do you go about doing that? Well, the first thing to account for whenever you are preparing a document, whenever you are drafting a document, is the style within which you are going to write. Now, there are academic pieces, there are legal pieces, there are popular pieces, there are publishable pieces, um, there is uh, fiction, fiction can be broken into short stories, can be broken into novels, and the list goes on and on and on. Now the point that I'm making about style is that each style has its own set of conventions and it behooves you then to familiarize yourself and certainly to apply these conventions when you are pursuing a particular drafting style. Now, all texts have certain attributes, and those attributes then are intended to enhance the ability of the author to achieve the purpose they have set out for. Now, what does that mean? Well, it simply means that when we write, we are pursuing an aim. Now, there are three that tend to stand out most when it comes to all forms of writing, but that are also relevant then to lawyers. Well, also relevant to lawyers and also relevant then to law students. That are also relevant to you and to your learning. Now, there are three purposes then that stand out most when it comes to drafting. One is art. We write um, in that we are producing a piece of art. Another one is a form of communication. And there's a third style that relates then to persuasion. Now, all of these are relevant then to law students. Now, what do I mean by this? I mean then that when you are producing a piece of work for your lecturers, you are going to be doing so because you are trying to communicate certain information to them. But you are also trying to persuade them either of the argument that you are making or, and this is often the case, that you understand the subject matter that you are being examined or assessed on. But this is where the artistic element comes in. Your lecturers spend a lot of time reading not just dozens, not just hundreds, but thousands of pieces of assessed work. With that in mind, those that stand out, those students who perform best, are those that come at it not just with the information, the knowledge, the data, but also come at it with a type of flair, an artistic flair, a style, a certain creativity in the written form. 
So always bearing in mind that in terms of the purpose that you are pursuing when drafting something, art, communication, and persuasion tend to be the three main ones. And all of these then are relevant, not just to law students in truth, but really just to undergraduate students in general. Now here we're going to break down all text into um, both attributes and components. Now in terms of attributes, the attributes that we expect to see in a text are clarity, concision, and coherence, or the three C's, as I like to say. We expect your prose to be clear, we expect you to be concise or precise, and we also expect you to be coherent. What this means is that when you are writing, nobody ever says I'm going to write in an incoherent fashion or that I'm going to be obscure in my style. No, no, that's not it. The point then is that as you are drafting and ultimately, as we'll see a little later, as you are editing, you should be then thinking about the three C's. Can I make this sentence clearer? Can I, say, edit out a few words so as to achieve greater concision? And do I need to structure these paragraphs differently so as to be more coherent? Now, this brings me to the next three um, components, but these are the three S's. Substance, structure, and style. Substance, structure, and style. Now, you can include, and this I've mentioned in one of my earlier lectures on uh, trying the triangular method of learning, I say that you should really break down your learning into three parts. And with a triangular method, I point to on the first hand, data collection, information gathering. This is merely when you're trying to amass all the information you're going to utilize. Then the next stage is conceptualization. How are you going to order the material? And then the third part is articulation. This is where ultimately you draft your piece, um, you give your presentation, you take your exam, whatever it happens to be. Now we can see then overlap between this triangular method and the three S's. Now whenever you sit down to draft a document, we know that this document, we know that this uh, piece of writing is going to have some substance. This is then the data that you are going to utilize. But then, of course, it also has to be structured a certain way. Now, the structure then is how do you conceptualize it? What do you open with? What do you conclude with? How many arguments will you include in there? How many arguments will you build um, your essay around? But then there's also a third element to it, and the third element ends up being the style. And this is what I mentioned to you earlier. I said that we are dealing with a variety of styles. It can be academic, it can be legal, it can be popular. But we can go a little bit further than this and saying that the style could be one that is argumentative. Or are you going to approach this with an exploratory style? Is this something that is going to be merely informative? So each element there we see, as I said, mirrors the triangular method in that on one hand we have the data gathering or the substance, on the second hand we have the conceptualization or the structure, and in the third part comes the style or the articulation. How do you go about drafting this? Now in instances where I've observed what I would identify as inadequate writing, inadequate prose, what I find stands out the most is that 
the student fails to distinguish between substance, style, and structure. They try to do all of this simultaneously, all of this concurrently, and as a result, they don't do anything well. What I've also observed is that students tend not to pursue the level of clarity, concision, coherence that is needed to produce a solid piece of writing. In other words, students tend to ignore, or at least not to follow, either the three C's or the three S's, and that produces inefficiency in your writing. Now, consider this. This is a game that I often play with my students, whether the undergraduate or postgraduate students who come to see me in my office, and I ask them to sit there and to begin writing something for me. Now, of course, this causes a lot of anxiety because you're sitting there and having to perform in front of your professor, but putting that aside, what I observe is the following. Now, the step, first step, and I've even seen this admittedly in my own writing historically, but happily I've gotten past this. Now, in the first step, what students tend to do is to draft the first sentence, whatever the first sentence happens to be. Now, I'm a professor of international law. Let me give you an example from my module on international law. Now, I've assigned once in the past an essay topic in which I asked the students to write about the complexity of international law. Now, that's nice and broad. So, student sits down, they have this task, they have this title in front of them, or at least this theme, and they say to themselves, okay, let me begin. So they begin by typing out the first sentence, international law is complex, period. The next step is they read the first sentence, international law is complex. Then they'll usually add an adverb to the sentence, international law is overly complex. All right, so they reread it, international law is overly complex. Now we begin with the second sentence, or now we tackle the second sentence. International law is overly complex. It is a complex system that orders relations between societies. No, I don't actually quite like that because then I'm repeating myself. I say international law is overly complex, and then I follow up with it is a complicated system. So that's redundant. All right, so what should I take out? All right, international law is overly complex. It is a system of order of legal order that regulates relations between societies and this is complicated and you see how we spend so much time playing with the very first and sometimes the second sentence we are engaged in what i term perpetual editing we're editing constantly we are not taking a systemic or a structured approach towards our writing, and that, as I said earlier, is what produces inefficiency in writing in that we are failing to distinguish between those three elements, the substance, the style, and the structure. Now, to become a more efficient writer, to produce quality material, to produce this quality material consistently and efficiently, I encourage you to follow the following steps. These are the steps then that I have uh, devised, largely to support myself as a writer, but these are steps that I think you yourself could implement, so as I said, to achieve greater efficiency in your writing. Now step one, 
ask yourself, this is the very first step, you ask yourself, what is the motivation behind this writing exercise, behind this piece? Is this a formative essay that I'm completing for one of my modules? Is this a summative essay that is going to dictate my final score? Am I producing, am I writing a column for the university newspaper? Is this a blog post for my personal blog? Is it a blog post then for a collective blog that I contribute to? The list goes on and on. So you ask yourself, what is the motivation behind this piece? And then try to situate this piece in relation to the three purposes that I said before that all texts possess the artistic side, the communicative side, or the persuasive side. Now, consider that those three elements, art, communication, and persuasion, should be treated more as Venn diagram. Now, what I mean by that is that it's never going to be simply an artistic piece, or it's never going to be simply a persuasive piece. As I mentioned to you earlier, all three elements will appear in any type of text that you produce. Nevertheless, some are going to be heavily weighted on one side or heavily weighted on one element rather than another. So to take a very trite example, consider then that the um, Harry Potter novels are written in a manner that is very different from a legal judgment. We can see then that the purpose of each text stands out. A Harry Potter novel is purely for entertainment, so is going to build largely around art, while a judgment is both for communication and ultimately persuasion, and so those elements are going to uh, strike out within the text. Now, so the first step then, what is the motivation behind this piece? Second step, streamline the components. So as I said to you, we have the three S's here to take into consideration, substance, structure, and style. So how do we go about streamlining these components? Well, in law, we always begin with a structure. And this is where I encourage you to identify the elements that you believe should appear in your text. So what are the key words? What are the key ideas or the key doctrines or the key statutes? Are there certain questions that are essential to this text? Some illustrations, examples, hypotheticals, the list goes on and on. Which elements then are essential? So after you've identified the key elements, as I said, words, ideas, doctrines, laws, and so on, now it is essential for you to consider how is this information going to be laid out. Now, I personally use mind maps. I find mind maps be very helpful in that I can see the whole picture of what it is that I'm going to write. Others prefer then the standard, almost linear outline approach. So they write an outline and then they say that they're going to begin with A and following that they're going to move into B and B itself can be broken into three subsections and so on. Another layout is the argumentative style that I explained to you during our second workshop. Some of you remember the re-react form that I spoke to you about. The first R is for the reference, then the I is the issue, then the next R is the rule, then we have the E for the explanation, the A for the application, and the C for the conclusion. Now, any one of these forms 
are fine. Whether you prefer to go with a mind map, whether you prefer an outline, whether you prefer to build it around the React form, regardless, but it is essential that you have a layout. So as I said, the first step then when streamlining these components, the three S's, the substance, structure, and style, begin with structure. Key elements here, that is on some level substance, but I'm really just focused on the elements because I need to figure out the outline of my piece. Now in the second stage, I then decide on the style. I decide on the tone. Now, am I writing an argumentative piece? Well, if I'm a lawyer preparing a brief, probably so. Am I writing an exploratory piece? Well, probably not as a lawyer, unless it happens to be a memorandum, but more than likely I would see this exploratory style as a, an academic or a researcher. Then we have an experimental style. An experimental style tends to be very common among creative writers. And finally, we have a descriptive style. Think more journalism. Are there other styles? Certainly. And the style itself is contingent, again, on the aims you're pursuing, art, communication, persuasion, but also on the audience. So who is it that is going to be reading your piece? So structure, key elements, layout, and then style, tone, dependent on the audience. Now, in the third part, this is where you begin to build content. This is the substance element of the three S's. Now, my preferred approach is effectively what I would refer to as stream of consciousness writing. It's where you sit down, whether laptop or piece of paper and pen in hand, sit down and you begin to write. And so you start to write, returned earlier, international law is a complicated system. It's a complicated system because we are bringing together a large array of nation states. These are different in size, different in political systems, different in uh, cultural practices, certainly different in developmental stages and different in um, aspirations, trajectories, and so on. Full stop. The challenge then for us is to build, to develop an orderly system that satisfies or at least that achieves some level of buy-in by all of these nation states despite the differences that they are characterized by. Now, what is all of that? All of that is stream of consciousness. Is all of this going to remain in my text? Probably not. We can see then that I'm likely to edit it, that I'm likely to uh, reorder it. But a stream of consciousness approach allows you to avoid the perpetual editing that we mentioned before, allows you to uh, sidestep that inefficiency in your writing, because now you are focused merely on building content. So stream of consciousness, let me just write about each one. And because you have already developed your structure, and by this I mean identified the key elements and settled on a specific layout, all you need to do is follow what you've already done. So I know these key elements need to be in there, and I know it's going to be ordered in this fashion, and I know, because of the second part I've decided on, the style, on the tone based upon the audience, I know what style to write with. So now, stream of consciousness, I can just let my fingers go. So 
remember where we're at now. Just a brief recap. Step one, what is the motivation behind this piece? Step two, streamlining components. Begin with structure. Next, you decide on style. And then the third part, build the content or the substance. So after you've built your content, now is your opportunity to revisit the structure. And this is where you can ask yourself a question. Have I followed the layout that I had decided on, that I had settled on at the outset? And if the answer is yes, great. If the answer is no, not a problem. How do I revise the layout? Is there a reason then that I've decided to depart from the layout that I had settled on at the outset? Now, the reason that I call for a revisiting the structure at this stage is that the original structure you came up with was prior to you having settled on the style and built the content. So once you've built the content following that particular style that you had settled on, you may see that no, in fact, beginning with whatever I opened with didn't really serve the purpose that I'm trying to achieve. It's not as punchy as I needed. It is not as attractive as I needed to be. So this is your opportunity to reorder. So really what you're doing now is revisiting those three components. So as I said, we streamline the components, we work on structure, then we work on style, and then we work on content. And now that we've done all three elements, now we return then to the structure and we revisit the structure. Do I need to make any modifications? If so, I implement those modifications and I make the adjustments accordingly. After you've done that, this is where, and I've always been a big Michael Jackson fan, I say you channel your inner Michael Jackson, and this is where style is really, really comes to the forefront. So before you merely settled on a style of writing, how am I going to write? Am I going to be, as I said, argumentative, or am I going to be descriptive? And that depends very much on the audience. But now that you have completed a first draft of your document, now that you have revisited the structure, so you really have a second draft on it, now is your opportunity to engage in the editorial process. Now, just to be clear, the editorial process is distinct from proofing. When we edit, we're looking specifically to tone. Have I maintained a descriptive tone throughout if that is what I had originally set out to do? Or did I somehow then digress and develop something of an argumentative approach along the way, which often happens? So here is your opportunity to adjust the tone of the text. This is your opportunity to identify any repetitive words, any redundant sentences. So you can include now synonyms, or maybe as you're reading this, you came up with a particularly powerful metaphor that you would like to deploy. This is your opportunity to think of examples, illustrations, or maybe then to add some subheadings then to help with the flow of the text. This is the editorial process. Ultimately, what you're trying to do is to achieve, as I said, more Michael Jackson, a little bit of elegance, a little bit of style. Once you have completed the editorial process, now you shift over to proofing.
and proofing is more mechanical. So this is spelling errors. Any words then that you've misspelled, you're looking for grammar, punctuation, sentence structure. That is very different from synonyms, illustrations, and metaphors, hence why we distinguish between editing and proofing. Now, I will conclude on this before we move on to the second part of today's lecture. So the quick conclusion, lawyers are efficient, law students must be efficient, undergraduate students must be efficient. Efficient at what? Efficient at communication. Communication, at least in the modern university, normally takes one of three forms, oral communication, written communication, and artistic communication. At least in a law school, and primarily in the social sciences more broadly, the focus is very much on oral communication and written communication. Students, when they arrive from secondary school, tend to be very inefficient in their writing. Why? They've had to write a lot, but rarely have they actually studied the writing process. Now, what I encourage you to do is to think about your text in three different ways. Firsthand, am I producing this for artistic purpose, for communicative purposes, for persuasive purposes? So what is the purpose? Second, the attributes. All texts should be clear, concise, and coherent. Third part, all texts are made up of three components, substance, structure, style. Instances where we observe inefficiency in writing is when students tend to conflate all of these components, tend not to pursue the various attributes, the three C's, or are not clear on the purpose for their text. I encourage you to streamline your approach using the following method. Step one, identify the motivation behind this piece. Why am I writing this? Step two, streamline the three S's and indirectly the three C's. Begin first by building the structure. What are the key elements, keywords, ideas, and such? How am I going to structure this piece? What is the layout of it? From there, I decide on the style. I decide this based upon the audience that I'm writing for. And in the third part, I build the content. Stream of consciousness writing is best where you merely produce material. You'll have time, as we said afterwards, to revisit the structure. That is what you do with the fourth part. And then in the fifth part, think Michael Jackson, think style. We edit in the first instance. This is where we make all of those corrections, the synonyms, the adjectives, and so on. And then following that, we proof and that is grammar and sentence structure. The aim then is to produce more elegant prose.